What's up, everybody? Welcome to Tuesday, the 6th of February. Uh, welcome to the 5th Best Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where Aaron and I, we see what movie came in 5th in the previous weekend's box office results. We go see that movie, we come back here, and we podcast about it. So if it's a good movie, if it's a bad movie, we're going to go see it, and then we come back here. So please join us now on this cinematic roller coaster we call the 5th Best Movie Podcast, which we got called out for getting incorrect <laughs> at the end of the last I was going to give you some shit for that if you didn't say anything. I, it, I completely didn't even register it. No, I mean, obviously I heard you at the time say it, and I didn't say anything either, so it's my fault just as much. <clears throat> so, hey, I'm Aaron. This is John. <laughs> yeah, welcome back if you guys are... Um, returning listeners it's so great to actually have the podcast out there because we can actually say stuff and believe in it um, yeah, and i love the interaction that's going on on social media um on facebook uh we should probably create a facebook page for the podcast separate from you know what i mean yeah totally. um, that we upload it to instead of just using yeah we yeah start doing both exactly i mean We'll have lots of things in the works, guys, but this is a very special episode of the 5th Best Movie Podcast. Uh, John, do you want to tell tell the people what's going on? Yeah. Welcome to the 5th Best Movie <laughs> Awards Show. It's kind of like the Oscars where we give some awards out, um, and Aaron and I have actually been kind of talking beforehand. We've gotten some stuff set up to have a nice little award show. Do you want to give us a quick rundown on how it's going to work? Yeah, sure. So the first thing to know is that this isn't just us picking our best movies or our favorite movies of 2017. Um, this is award season and we'll be doing an award show, but the only movies that are eligible for the fifth best movie awards are movies that at some point were number five at the box office in 2017. So regardless of what year they were released, um, they have to have been number five in 2017. And uh, obviously one of us has to have seen that movie. Yeah. Uh, otherwise it's not getting any awards from us. Uh, Let's see. I can't wait to see what movies walk home with a 50, you know? A 50. That's right. <laughs> uh, that's what we're calling our little awards. It's kind of like a Dundee, maybe. Uh, yeah. So, Much more meaningful, though. Then it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, do you want to quickly talk about what movies did make the top five this previous weekend, though? Oh, yeah. Uh, good idea. Let's do that. So, uh, so we made some predictions last week. Let's see how we did. So the top five this previous weekend were in this order. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. It goes back up to number one. God, this movie's crazy. <laughs> uh, number two was Maze Runner, The Death Cure. Number three, Winchester. Number four, The Greatest Showman. Number five, The Post. Uh, the Greatest Showman and The Post stayed where they were at from last week. And Winchester is a new movie, which premiered at number three, like I was talking about before. Last week, we made some predictions. How did we each do? So, I got two correct and you got one. My predictions were Maze Runner at number one, which is incorrect. Jumanji at number two, which is incorrect. Anyway. Three was Winchester, four was Greatest Showman, and then five I put Hostiles. You put Maze Runner number one, Jumanji number two, Winchester at number three, which was correct, and then Hostiles at number four, and then The Shape of Water at number five. The Shape of Water, um, it did come up from where it was, but that was, yeah, I think you, you said before that it was just widening out, right? That's right, but it didn't do as well as I hoped. So we are keeping track of the score of who's getting more uh, predictions correct, and right now John is up six to three. Um, I got on, work to do. <laughs> I'm smelling a uh, I'm smelling a late season 
I guess it's still the early season. Uh, early season comeback from uh, Aaron here. It's pretty cool that I think you and I both landed Winchester right at the third spot. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think the bigger thing is still the Jumanji jumping back up to fucking number one. Anyway, we've talked a lot about that movie. <laughs> we we were talking about going to see that. Do you just want to go see that like on our own? Well, I think we can. I think we can shove it in anywhere now that it's. Uh, I think pretty much officially the fifth movie of 2017 oh it is yeah yeah this is what i was saying (laughs) so it still fits with the theme of the podcast it would be a special thing it is quite literally the fifth best movie of 2017 exactly yeah it's i mean if you look at its position in the box office uh there's no way it's going to get up to number four and so it's just locked in at fifth in for 2017 which is exactly where we want it. <laughs> That's our favorite spot. Yeah, to get to beat Guardians, it'd have to get over $30 million. Awesome. So those are our predictions. Uh, at the end of the show, we're going to make um, our predictions for this upcoming weekend. But for now, we've got a very, very fun award show to do. <laughs> Cue the fanfare. I think I'm most excited for that last category that we're going to give an award for. That's right. There will be some surprises here, but it'll mostly be pretty familiar categories to you all. Uh, So getting started, our first category is going to be Best Supporting Actress. And uh, you want to, I'll just read off the nominees, then we'll hear your winner and then my winner. Perfect. So our nominees for Best Supporting Actress were uh, Sylvia Hulks. Don't know how to say her name, but... That was for Blade Runner 2049. She yep. played the uh, evil replicant lady. Yep. Uh, was she really evil? Was she working for the resistance Ooh. of the replicants? I I still don't know. It's it's really fascinating. Um, I don't want to land on these each too much unless you want to. <laughs> this could take a while. But uh, Michelle Pfeiffer for Mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, big comeback performance. Loved that. Uh, Riley Keel. I don't know how to say your name either. I'm sorry. Uh, she was in Logan Lucky, uh, playing another one of them Logans. Uh, <laughs> one of them Logans. Uh, then we've got Tiffany Haddish for Girls Trip, uh, and Holly Hunter for The Big Sick. So, who is your winner, John? For me, it's a it it it's a given. Tiffany Haddish, Girls Trip. That's great. What? Uh, what what was your factor? You know why is she taking home the prize? Uh, she was the when I was thinking of, when I was going through the list and trying to figure out who was going to get it from me. She was the one I remember us talking about and giving tons of props to for um, her role in that movie throughout the podcast. We just kept going back to her and how funny she was and how great she was. And I didn't remember doing that for any of the other supporting actresses. That's right, and I don't think she was really on either of our radars before seeing Girls Trip. Correct. That is correct. Um, definitely, I think, a, a breakout performance. Yep. And um, excited to see what she's going to do next, other yep. than Super Bowl commercials. <laughs> yeah. For, uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, my winner was Holly Hunter for The Big Sick. I oh, think yeah. I think she had a challenging role, um, and she uh, she was really just the best part of that movie for me. I think, I think her performance was so... You you can just feel such uh, such empathy for that character, and she played the emotion to it in a real way. Um, I was 
I was going to say I think that the writing for her character is good, but she's the one who made it, it extremely believable. Absolutely. And she was, you know, she was like the epitome of just being being someone who you would expect to be weakened by the by the situation that she's in, but yeah. is uh you know, instead just showing what an incredibly strong person she is and uh, just really great. Yep. All right. So this uh, next one, we're going to flip it over to Best Supporting Actor. Okay? Okay. Uh, so our nominees for Best Supporting Actor were Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier in Logan. We had uh, Gil Birmingham in Wind River as uh, the dad. Can't remember his name. Oh, but, uh, he was good. Oh, we had, man. We had Adam Driver in Logan Lucky <laughs> as, you know, another one of them Logans. Um, uh, we had Michael Keaton in Spider-Man Homecoming. As, yeah. And another Michael, Michael Rooker in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, so who's your winner, John? I gotta give my award to Yondu, Michael Rooker from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. You know, it's really amazing to me that 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 performance, like he did not stand out to me as a character at all in the first movie. Totally. Uh, and I had a hard time kind of seeing what what they were trying to do with his character in the first one, and he was just the heart and soul of Volume Two. He. His character and his, uh, Michael Rooker's acting kind of filled out Peter Quill in that movie, which is, which is that is the definition of supporting role. And I thought he just nailed it. Absolutely, in a in a movie that's all about non traditional families. Yeah, um, he played the uh, the father figure in such a um, a way that's so kind of like archetypal of the far father figure, but at the same time being really unique to that character. It was, a, it was a very unorthodox approach to the father figure, which I thought was right. fantastic. And at the same time, there were there was, you know, at its center, something that everybody can identify with. Yeah. I think. Uh, not. I mean, I don't want to make blanket statements like that, but you know what I we're mean. We're basically doing the acceptance speeches here, so you're allowed to. Um, uh, my... Yeah, sorry. My winner for Best Supporting Actor is going to be Adam Driver for Logan <laughs> Lucky. Oh, one of them Logan boys. You know, this movie was full of uh, of crazy accents and um, and just overall ridiculousness. It's one of those, it's a very kind of heightened reality comedy. Um, and Adam Driver's performance just fit so well into that. This is really, 2017 was just an incredible year for him, of course, because I think he also stepped it up big in Star Wars The Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I really have to uh, have to shout out this performance because I think um, in Logan Lucky, you really saw the performances and the writing just walking hand in hand to make that movie work in a way that it didn't really seem like it was going to going in. Yep. Uh, and it just worked out so well. Yep. The uh, the lead role, Channing Tatum, was definitely... It wasn't that extreme with his accents and his, his character overall. But Adam Driver was really the one, for me, who connected the dots in the sense where... The first scene you see him in the bar with his uh, with his missing arm and his pro excuse me his prosthetic arm 
And I remember you and I cracking up because we saw, oh, this is supposed to be this kind of funny. And no one else in the theater was. And I think that they didn't quite understand it until halfway through the movie. And then it's all because of Adam Driver. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Uh, I'm going to switch things over now. We're talking about Best Lead Actor. And our nominees for Best Male Lead Actor are Ryan Gosling in the Blade Runner 2049, Channing Tatum in Logan Lucky, Jeremy Renner in Wind River, Kumail Nanjiani in The Big Sick, and Will Arnett in the Lego <laughs> Batman movie. <laughs> you know, if if that seems weird to you, just just watch the movie. Yeah. It's so his performance, honestly, like I think Michael Sarah probably could fit right in there in the best supporting actor oh, category as point. Robin. Uh, he's he's really good in that. But uh, anyway, those are our those are our five leads. Uh, John, who was your winner? I went with Ryan Gosling, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. He was able to kind of shed the normal Ryan Gosling stick that he gets stuck with in a lot of movies, and that's pretty incredible for me. Um, and so I had to go with him. For this best lead actor. Yeah, he wasn't playing Ryan Gosling, the movie star. He was really actually going deep into the role. And I think that, uh, you know, he was outwardly doing so little, but it was all in sort of the micro expressions on his face as, as this character sort of goes through the journey of exploring what it means to be a real person. Uh, yep. And he... He played it so small, but really well. Yep, I agree. Who's yours? Mine was Kumail Nanjiani in The Big Sick. Um, I think that, you know, it's always it's always tough when you have uh, people writing themselves as the lead of the movie. Um, and I think if it wasn't such a uh, introspective and at times like really self-critical movie, then I wouldn't have liked his performance as much as I did. Um, but I think the fact that uh, Kumail really was taking himself to task at certain points, um, and I think he really revealed himself as like a true lead uh, for this movie and a true romantic lead, uh, and broke the mold in a lot of ways, I think, for South Asian actors. Uh, and so I really have to uh, give him a lot of credit for stepping up to a level that we haven't seen him play uh, in his previous acting gigs. I, I'm totally right there with you. All right. Well, let's move over to uh, the last acting category, which is going to be Best Lead Actress. Uh, our nominees for this one were, I should say, this, this was definitely a tougher category. Um, there were fewer to choose from, which I think, you know, definitely says something about Hollywood. The fact that so many, like if you look at the actual awards uh, nominees that have been uh, this year for acting, so many of those uh, movies that had a female lead didn't even come close to cracking the top five. Yep. So, you know, we I think we had some good choices here, but uh, definitely not things on the level of some of our other categories for the reasons that I just stated. Previous, yep. uh, so our nominees were Jennifer Lawrence in Mother, uh, which we all know it's a it's a crazy movie. It's a flawed movie, but 
Uh, it was asking a lot from Jennifer Lawrence. She, she in this held one. her own. And yeah, just the fact that she like survived that God the filming damn. of that movie. Jesus. And and like the aftermath of, of that movie where people, you know, want to know kind of every bit of the filming process and of her relationship with the director. Um <laughs> all, all that stuff. Did like, we talk about how I didn't I don't remember that being a part of the podcast, what you just said, how people kind of invaded the, I don't want to say sanctity of just the behind the screen stuff, but that parallels the movie perfectly. Right. In a, in a way that I find kind of annoying where Darren yeah. Aronofsky is now able to like, is now able to look at it and say, see, see? <laughs> uh, okay. The, the other nominees were Elizabeth Olsen in wind river, uh, Regina Hall in girls trip, Amanda Stenberg in Everything Everything and Felicity Jones in Rogue One A Star Wars Story um, John you want to give your winner I went with Felicity Jones Rogue One A Star Wars Story I am so used to obviously besides the most recent Star Wars movies I'm so used to having a male lead in these in these Star Wars and I thought Felicity Jones really uh, came in following uh, the Force Awakens, and I thought she did a kick-ass job, especially with the other actors uh, in the movie. I thought she still stood above them, and I thought that she wasn't um, ever lost in the weeds, especially with Alan Tudyk uh, and our friend Diego Luna, Riz Ahmed, um, Donnie Yen. I thought she was able to remain the lead without getting lost among them, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think that thing that made that one tough for me is that uh her character and diego luna's character which are ostensibly the leads of the movie are both so opaque and they never they have so few moments of of opening up um and those moments are kind of rushed through uh in the movie in order to get to the big uh battle scenes essentially um that it just didn't work for me as much as a character piece, um, but I do think that she did well with what she got. Definitely. Uh, my winner is uh, for Best Lead Actress is Regina Hall in Girls Trip. Let's go! I think it's That's it's two awards being, tonight for Girls Trip. It's tough being the quote-unquote straight man in, a, in a, an ensemble comedy movie, um, and oftentimes you become the, the least favorite of the of people's favorites in the cast um, but i definitely don't think this was the case for regina hall in in girl's trip i think that she um she really brought everything to the role she was playing it like for the dramatic scenes she was playing the movie as a dramatic movie not as a comedy and for the comedic scenes she was playing it as a you know, just the funniest comedy of the year, which that movie was. Yeah. Uh, and so um, displaying great range, even within kind of a, a limited movie and that it's a pure comedy uh, was impressive to me. Uh, all right. So we're done with our acting awards. We're, we're going to move to our, um, I guess, more technical awards. 
Uh, the next three, we're, we've sort of condensed things, so these categories might not entirely make sense, but we're just trying not to get lost in the weeds with all the different categories that could exist. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna get things started uh, with those technical awards with best writing. So this is just uh, the screenplay of the movie. So our nominees for that are Girls Trip, Logan Lucky, The Lego Batman Movie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and The Big Sick. Obviously, we went heavy with the comedies for this category, uh, which I think is kind of easy to do because comedies are are naturally reliant on the on the dialogue the writing yeah um, but I also think that a lot of the uh, movies we really loved that were uh, that were more dramatic were also uh, movies that had very limited screenplays yep um, movies with <coughs> long long stretches of no talking at all like Blade Runner or Dunkirk yeah uh, so um, that's how these nominees ended up being all comedies. And so, yeah, we suggest that if you guys want, we're, uh, we, we, we should have posted a link there with this list. Um, you can kind of see what we're talking about with like the choices for some of these categories. There's a lot of good movies in there, but some of them might not fit totally. And so that's why you'll see some kind of interesting choices on our end. That's right. John, what was your winner for best writing? I gave the award to Logan Lucky. You know what? Me too. Oh, um, that's the first one we was, agreed on. It was a really tough choice for me in between Girls Trip and Logan Lucky because I think that uh, those two movies were, to me, the two funniest movies of the year. And uh, and both had really great writing. Yeah. Uh, to me, I think that uh, in Girls Trip, it was a case of the the performances making the script work and in logan lucky i think the script made the performances work that is that is exactly right all right uh we're gonna go on to now best visuals this is kind of a kind of a weird mashup of like cinematography and visual effects uh but it's it's just what were the best looking movies of 2017 in our opinion uh, that were also the Fitbeds. You know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're not including Boss Baby in this one because Boss Baby really, it was a shoe in to win it right as we saw it. So, uh, Well, our, our nominees are going to be Blade Runner 2049, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, Wind River, Dunkirk, and Mother. John, what was your winner? I went with Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. I remember when we were going through the podcast of that, when we were recording it, we were talking about we loved the world building. We loved the different places that they went to. Even the scene where they're just like, they're like, I think he has a like a rocket suit on and he's just shooting through different cities and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, they get to visit so many alien worlds and they're all stunning. And, and that world building that you're talking about is all done visually, right? Exactly, yeah. A lot of the stuff that um, we get to really um, only briefly see isn't even a part of the narrative. It, it's just it's just all stuff that we get to see glances of, and it's all visual. So I think Valerian for me wins that. I mean, the movie is doing the, its best work when it's purely visual. Exactly. All yeah. the all everything the, else. All the good parts of the movie have no dialogue. <laughs> exactly. And, like not even really any actors' faces in it. Yeah, the whole intro, 
There's oh, yeah. No dialogue. Oh, it's great. Uh, all right. My winner was Blade Runner 2049. I think it was a fantastic mix of, of uh, cinematography and uh, visual effects that really made you feel the world and kind of feel oppressed by by things that were simultaneously so like sci-fi uh but also really familiar to us um and it's just like yeah this is what our world's gonna look like if things if the shitty things in our world continue to get shittier and shittier uh and um but also meanwhile have moments of like really breathtaking beauty they all just really made you question what it is that you were looking at. Yeah. Uh, and the nature of the reality that you were seeing. What's real, what's not real. It's what the movie is all about. The visuals really helped advance that. I will say, um, in support of Blade Runner 2049, they created a, um, a dystopian future, not from now looking into the future, but from the 80s looking into the future, which I think is super cool to see and that just kind of adds to what you're saying the way that they're able to create this all um from three decades ago now that's right that's right it, it is cool all right uh so our last technical category is going to be uh best music slash sound uh that's another vague category <laughs> uh it's kind of a roll-up of like sound editing sound mixing soundtrack score uh i don't know it, just what movie sounded the best best sounds <laughs> exactly so our nominees are guardians of the galaxy volume two uh for the soundtrack selection and the way that that kind of worked into the story yep uh dunkirk for the uh for the really interesting and uh kind of well-paced and thought out score by Hans Zimmer that uh, helped drive the movie and give you that sense of of uh, time and impending disaster. Yep. Uh, also gives you the sense of drowning for when they're underwater. Blade Runner 2049 had some good, good bronze. <laughs> <laughs> no, just a, I mean, a great score. Yeah, uh, totally. Uh, Transformers The Last Night. You know, <laughs> alongside these other ones it seems it seems a little silly but that i do think that the that the sound uh mixing and editing in those movies is generally pretty good and oh totally overall it seemed like the fact that we sat through uh, two hours and 40 minutes of of that movie or however long it was two and a half hours um yeah. and were like okay with how it sounded is pretty incredible considering it was a huge technical production yep uh i do remember the theater being being a little too loud but i don't think that was the movie's fault yeah uh and then logan lucky uh for kind of a mix of the score the soundtrack and um just the uh the way that like the the NASCAR racing scenes uh, were incorporated into the the heist scenes, all of that. Yeah. Yep. John, what was your winner? I gave my best sound slash best music uh, award to Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I did too. Gravy Train. I think that Blade Runner twenty forty nine did an amazing job of really weaving in its score to the 
to the visuals of the movie. Now, I there's I think the reason that all those other movies were named is because they did a good job, but I think Blade Runner did the best. You know, I also think that we've gotten um, we've gotten so used to hearing movie soundtracks, movie sounds that are totally uh, that are completely artificial. Um, you know, only created in in a sound stage or by mixing uh, using software. And um, I think this movie did that so intentionally where nothing, none of the sounds that we're hearing sound like it could possibly have been created by anything, you know, natural, anything organic. Yeah. Um, no, you know, no real recognizable instruments even. Yeah. Um, because that would be, that would require like, you know, things made out of real wood or uh, just recognizable materials even that it's, aren't just like metal banging on metal it's something like steam coming out of shit the, the 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 score is definitely it sounds like it's being churned out of some giant machine when you're panning when the when the camera's panning across the city there's just this humming of like a transformer or there's just the the sound of electricity going through some sort of wire it, it, it's Right. It's, it's never like, anything that you would think would come from a living, breathing world. Right. And it's, and it's, you know, it's a world created by people that is so hostile towards human, uh, humanity. Yeah. Um, so unfriendly towards human ears and eyes and all that. Yeah. That's exactly um, right. Okay. Um, so now we're on, uh, we're on our last stretch, uh, of awards and these are going to be the big ones here's so, the, the big ones we're going to go to best director now you know i think that i just want to shout out natalie portman uh here for blowing all our minds with that uh crazy sick burn at the golden globes yep and with that in mind uh props to natalie here are our five men that are nominated for best director just sorry i guess <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right. Steven Soderbergh for Logan Lucky. Uh, Denis Villeneuve for Blade Runner 2049. Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk. I was clapping for the audience. Uh, Taylor Sheridan for Wind River. And Michael Showalter for The Big Sick. What was your winner? I gave it to Christopher Nolan and Dunkirk. Hey, me too. We're, we match up for another one. Boom. That's the third one. I, we've talked a lot about Dunkirk kind of already and what Christopher Nolan was able to do with it. And yeah, I think that it all culminates in his vision. And I think that, that that's why he deserves to win this award. Yeah. I think, you know, I've, I've thought a lot about, cause I think um, it's clear that this, this movie is probably not going to be taking home the, the big awards at the Academy Awards. Um, and if it does, I think people will rightly say that, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because this really isn't a movie of the moment. And I think that's very fair, you know, in terms of what the movie is about, it's really kind of all about like the, the willpower and soul of, of the British people from the perspective of an American, which is kind of an interesting thing and really interesting to see Nolan's take on that and his, uh, you know what he's trying to do with the idea of time uh and the way that that intersects with narrative storytelling but 
yeah, I also, you know, won't feel like it's being uh, passed over when it doesn't win yeah. any Oscars yeah. or, you know, very many. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything, anything else on, on Christopher Nolan? No, like I said before, I think we've talked a lot about Dunkirk a little already. All right. Uh, next up, we have Best Animated Picture. You know, it's convenient that we saw exactly five animated movies this year, and the one that we didn't see was probably the one that is actually the best animated picture. Yeah. Or at the very least in the top two. Uh, so keeping in mind that we did not see Coco yep. in 2017. Which, obviously, we're bummed about. We're not, we're not like, rejoicing that we didn't get We're seriously bummed. Uh, but here are the nominees for Best Animated Picture. Uh, we have Ferdinand, The Boss Baby, The Lego Batman Movie, Cars 3, and The Nut Job 2, Nutty by Nature. John, what was your winner? I had to, I had to go with a curveball, the Lego Batman movie. What did you do? Yeah, also, the Lego <laughs> Batman movie. Lining up for another. Um I mean, what's your second best? <laughs> what, what, like, if you couldn't pick the Lego Batman movie, honestly, I think it might be the Boss Baby for me. I, I was about to say Boss Baby too, as well. That is so funny. I can't go Cars. Cars was not good, and it, I wanted to just say that oh, because it's Disney, it's probably at some standard. But Cars three was not good. Yeah, I think I'd have to say Boss Baby. The Boss Baby was at least memorable. Yep. There were 100% more drunk child jokes in the Boss Baby than there were in Cars 3. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, wasn't there another movie that we saw that made drunk kid references? I don't remember. Shit. Maybe I, it was Cars 3. I don't know. I do remember, though, in Boss Baby, there was the Gandalf clock, which resonated oh, yeah. with you and I. I yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, the Lego Batman movie. Solid, solid movie. It's it's very good fun. animated movie, well written. Yep, good voice performances, and I think it um, you know it really digs into some aspects of the Batman lore that. Um, oh, it's so self aware of all of that. Yeah, and it doesn't you know it's a movie that definitely works on the fact that we've had, like seven Batman movies in the last ten years. Yep, um, I think if that wasn't the case, then the movie it'd be like why are you making this movie but the fact that it is so good and jermaine clement as sauron in that movie <laughs> that was so good that was such a good bit yeah that movie. I've, been, I've been making sauron jokes for years and hoping to see that in a movie and they just nailed it uh if you enjoyed uh the lego movie then you will like the lego batman movie it is it is the same vein of humor very fun. All right. So that means that it is time for us to announce our Best Picture nominees and winners of 2017. So again, this was movies of movies that were number five in the box office in 2017. Here are our five nominees. Blade Runner 2049, Dunkirk, Logan Lucky, The Big Sick, and Girls Trip. Now, I can't remember. Are we? Do we have the same winner here? I don't remember at all. All right. I guess we're going to find out. All right. On three. Ready? Yeah. No, on five. On five. <laughs> on right. five or after five? On five. Okay. 
Wait, that doesn't mean I'll say, that means I won't be saying five. All okay. right, we're sticking with it on five. One, two, three, four. Blade, Blade Runner 2049. 2049. <laughs> nice. That was a high five. That was our best five. picture. High five. Anyway, sorry. Aaron um, <laughs> just looked at me. <laughs> so that, I don't know. We've already talked a ton about Blade Runner 2049. I don't, I don't want to go over it too much. The orchestra's playing us out. Uh, you know, we're kind of rushing through. We almost <laughs> gave the award to La La Land. This uh, is Adele getting her, her fourth award that one time. Yeah. Um, no, other other things were fantastic. The, the, obviously, the storyline, the story was fantastic. Uh, them being able to continue in the Blade Runner universe and not shit on it like so many sci-fi um, sequels have. The acting was great. The cast was great. Um, the, the stuff they introduced was fantastic. So I think, I think... Between Blade Runner 2049 and the uh, other nominees, Blade Runner did it. It obviously wasn't a perfect movie. I think there were uh, some clear issues in its use of uh, of the female characters and uh, and sort of uh, the male gaze, as well as uh, just I think it, the way that it, I think it kind of underutilized Harrison Ford. He yeah. was really only only a cameo in it. Yeah. Um, was Blade Runner twenty forty nine the the was that the movie that we were talking about? Was a combination of a bunch of other movies because we're talking about iRobot. Yeah, yeah. Was that Blade Blade Runner? Okay, cool. Yeah, it covers the narrative space of like six other movies. Yeah, yeah, okay. You got her, iRobot, yeah, Ex Machina. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All, all these things. Minority Report. I, I don't know if Minority Report was on there. It just seemed like it touches on candidate. what Wally touches uh, touches on, and just how the Earth got shit on. Yeah, Mad Max. Mad Max. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it it just kind of contains the whole world of of sci fi. Um, but all in a cohesive way. Yep. It's a cool movie. You know, I think our all five of our nominees were really good movies. And yeah. even though I think there are probably better movies that came out or, you know, other ones that I'd like to be able to put in there, like uh, that I have seen, like Get Out. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the main one. I haven't seen a lot of the <laughs> other, I guess the post- yeah, I haven't seen a lot of the other ones that have gotten nominated for the major awards. Yeah. But I like our top five. Um, the fact that Logan Lo- Lucky is in there makes me really happy for some reason. I Logan Lucky is the one in that list I really want to go back and revisit. Yeah, people... I'm, I'm kind of surprised it hasn't gotten any nomination. Even in, even in the Golden Globes, which have a com- uh, comedy category. Then again, Girls Trip also got snubbed. In the comedy category. Who won that? I mean, The Greatest Showman got so many nominations for that. Bummer. All right. Now, at this point, you might be thinking, you know, the orchestra's playing, the the credits are rolling, uh, Jimmy Kimmel's awkwardly waving to the cameras. (laughs) Things are wrapping up, but we're not done. We have two more awards to give. Yep. Buckle up. This This is the one we've all been waiting for. So the next one, uh, this this past year we saw we saw a lot of good movies. We also saw some ones that weren't so good, John. Yes. And uh, with that in mind, we'd like to 
give next the award for worst picture of 2017 <laughs> and we have some real solid contenders i think here oh my gosh um, so and these aren't and the ones that we're about to bring up are not just us being pissy or nitpicky these are like arguably some of the worst movies of the summer that these have been like do you remember in the movie fights they've argued with these same movies i mean we're not just yeah. making these up these granted are... there there's a couple of major omissions uh so the emoji movie never made it to number five yeah uh and the book of henry also never made it right. to number five and those are two that a lot of people have talked about being the worst movie of of 2017 but following our within the within the the, the qualifying movies exactly we're gonna we're gonna give you our five nominees they were kidnap <laughs> the mummy transformers the last night Baywatch and King Arthur Legend of the Sword. Oh, all of these movies. And I think each one really did something unique that deserved the nomination. Yep. Um, to run through those quickly, I think Kidnap might be like the most poorly conceived movie uh, in terms of just why is this a movie? I want to know if people even know about Kidnap. It, it really flew under the radar. <laughs> I... I remember it came out in a week where something like four or five movies were coming out and it was not on either of our top five predictions and it showed up there and we both were just like, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> yeah. And we went to see it and we both said, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. And then a week later we said, wait, kidnap? That's, was that a movie? <laughs> um, uh, the Mummy, I think, is definitely like the worst, the worst attempt at at rebooting oh, a franchise. Um, it was also supposed to be a the, jump off point. Oh my for god! Entire... They made a fucking logo for the Universal Dark Universe. You oh, remember that? God, yes. Oh my god! And just so many. The movie is the Mummy, and like ninety percent of it takes place in London. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde isn't there in that movie. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> also, Tom Cruise is now a mummy. <laughs> oh, God. Now I'm just thinking about that movie. A flock of crows crashes a plane, and that's part of the mummy's <laughs> powers. <laughs> they bomb, like, a Middle Eastern town. Yeah. They kill a lot of citizens. Yep. Fuck. Oh my god. Okay, the Transformers The Last Night. This has to get the nomination just for how fucking long it was. Yeah. Uh, what was the official runtime? I looked it up. It was, it was two hours and 36 minutes. God damn. Past the two and a half mark. That is, that's an intentional choice of them saying this, is, this movie is an epic. It's one of those where you say, I will never get that back. Right, and acknowledging that, that this wasn't a one-time ask. This wasn't them saying, all right, we're doing something special here. Like, like you know, like Lord of the Rings, they make three three-hour movies, and they're asking something special. They're saying, we worked seven years uh, adapting the most well-loved fantasy series in history, 
uh, into these epic movies. We're, we're going to release one each year for three years, and that's going to be it. And that's all they did, um, right? Stay, yep. stay with me. Stay in the bit. Don't fucking let me leave this bit. Yep. Uh, they just made three three-hour movies. That was the only thing they asked of audiences. It was for a special fucking thing, and they were great movies, and it was worth it. All right, bit over. <laughs> uh, Transformers 5, The Last Night, uh, it's the fifth movie in a series, and they're setting up for further sequels. Oh, my God. They have oh. they have violated the social contract with that movie. Yeah. It's it's awful. All right. That, that's a movie where... I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah, we... Okay, so, so Baywatch. This movie deserves the nomination for just having the lowest hit rate of jokes of any movie we've ever seen, right? Correct. It's not... The, the, the weird thing is, it, it wasn't a normal comedy where there's a good zinger every couple scenes, every, you know, every six minutes. They were swinging constantly. Right. These. They're going They're going for airplane. A joke every 30 seconds. Exactly. That's exactly right. And when 90% of them are falling flat, that, that'll wear you down so quick. Hannibal Burris was the only breath of fresh air. Just because when you look at him, you know he's going to be funny. So, yeah, and even then he was like so muted and, yeah. and uncommitted. That's exactly right. Ugh. Okay, and then finally we've got King Arthur: Legend of the Sword for being the least comprehensible movie of 2017, and also for being set largely in a city called Londinium. <laughs> if you haven't heard. This movie decides to rename medieval London Londinium. And put it on a Because bridge. London London doesn't sound we don't associate London with medieval times. <laughs> um, when people think of London, they don't think of medieval England. <laughs> we have to we have to make up a new name for it to make it sound more medieval. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> King Arthur should get the, uh, the Miss the Marks award because King Arthur's already a story that everyone knows and you know the characters and you know basically what happens. And Guy Ritchie said, no, nah, we're going to scrap it. We're going to start from scratch. Right. There's going to be, there's going to be giant metal <laughs> elephants with wizards inside. There's going to be oh. big ass snakes. And Ursula from The Little Mermaid, and you're going to have to sacrifice your daughter to her. Oh, wow, it's so bad. <laughs> okay, all right. So, we've had a lot of fun pooping on these movies, but uh, let's name our winners. John, what was your worst movie of 2017? 100% Transformers The Last Night. I think that you hit it on the head when you said that two and a half hours is just too long for that crappy of a movie. Um, we were arguing that... Thank God that nothing that Peter Jackson made in the Tolkien universe ever reached that level of, oh God, the wall is breaking, the wall is breaking, no, we need to move on. <laughs> we were talking about how bad 47 meters down, how bad that movie is, but... We had to give it the benefit of the doubt because it was only an hour and 17 minutes. And we said, that's, that doesn't insult us. Like, 
the tra- Transformers The Last Night did. Also, we made the argument when we did the podcast where you could take any scenes that were back to back and flip them and put them anywhere in the movie and it still would have made as much sense as that movie did. Transformers Last Night, worst movie of the year. What was yours? I'm going to give it to Kidnap. I think it was simultaneously a poorly conceived movie, a poorly acted movie, a boring movie. Oh, yeah. Movie that where almost nothing happened. Oh, man. That that was a movie that was socially irresponsible. We had to go back and look at Amber Alert stats to see what the fuck this movie was doing. Yeah. Nothing about it was accurate. No. Uh, and a movie that I think just is kind of incredible when you think about that this movie exists. <laughs> but those those were our worst pictures. We've got one more award to give. It's going to be a special one. We're not going to do nominees for it. Uh, but this is sort of our recap of 2017. Even though we've only been putting these episodes out for a few weeks John and I, we've been on this journey for a while, watching the fifth uh, movie in the box office and doing recordings. You know, someday you might get to hear some of these uh, legacy episodes. In the vault. Um, yeah, pull them out of the vault for you for you all to hear uh, if we have some free time to do that. Uh, you know, fingers crossed. But, uh, you know, this is a journey we've been on a while and... It's had some ups and downs. It's also had a lot of long, mediocre stretches. <laughs> and so just to encapsulate this whole ride, we're going to give one more award for whichever movie just sort of captures captures your feeling about, about this whole journey, this whole process of watching the fifth movie in the box office every week. I'm, uh, I'm very so we excited call, for this. Yeah, we're calling this uh this award the fifthest movie of 2017 so john for you what was the fifthest movie the Uh, fiftiest (laughs) my fifthest movie um is a movie i think that no one has probably heard of they probably don't remember it which encapsulates everything i want it to the Mountain Between Us, starring Idris Elba, Kate Winslet. They get trapped on a mountain after a plane crash, and then they have to find their way back to civilization. They also fuck in a cabin. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is so forgettable that right as you walk out, you forget that you even started it. When, you, when you're trying to revisit it in your mind, it's kind of a fever dream. You kind of mix it with the book my side of the mountain or whatever that is maybe even hatchet because they talk about general survival tips but it's also just poorly executed it's a movie that you want everyone to forget about because you like kate winslet and Idris elba in separate in separate realms but in this movie it is false so flat watch the trailer for it at least if you've never heard of this but don't go watch it Aaron, what is your fiftest? What is your my fiftieth movie. movie? My fiftieth movie of twenty seventeen has got to be forty seven meters down. <laughs> this is the the shark movie with uh, with Mandy Moore, um, off the coast of Mexico. I I have a really hard time like 
understanding why, but for some reason, this movie pops into my head probably more often than any other movie uh, I've seen in 2017. <laughs> I I don't know why, but I think um, it was it was a weird mix of things I I like. Like I love survival movies and movies where kind of people have to MacGyver their way through situations. Uh, using the tools they have on hand um at the same time it was like uh, trying to be a crappy horror movie uh, which i don't like the characters were just the most forgettable annoying characters in it uh that you know you were like pretty okay with bad things happening to them it also relied on ridiculous twists and for some reason, I just can't get this movie out of my head. I probably think about 47 meters down once a week at least. So it's kind of the opposite reason from yours in the way that it just hasn't been able to leave my brain. But for, but it's definitely a movie that there's no way that I would have seen if it wasn't for this project. And so for that, that's why 47 meters down is my... 50th movie of 2017. <laughs> there it is. The Mountain Between Us and 47 Meters Down. <laughs> Winning the 5th best movie, or the 5th movie of the year. So, <laughs> those were all of our awards uh, that we have to give. Our, our trophy cases are empty uh, as of now. We've given them all out. Um, that's how award shows work right you just open the trophy case and hand them out <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um all the media outlets are going to be talking about who got snubbed who didn't who shouldn't have won that many so we're excited for all the um really tell us who you think got snubbed look i mean look at our list of, uh, of nominees or uh you can also go on box office mojo and just kind of click through week by week uh, and see what was in fifth for all 52 weeks of 2017. Yeah. Because um, there's definitely some that neither of us saw that might deserve consideration. Um, but I I hope that you enjoyed uh, this little project of our awards. I think that I, I it, it's been very fun. What a journey this past year has been. Um, yeah, guys, please respond. Let us know what you thought about our uh, who won the awards and who was nominated. Yeah. Um, so we are going to wrap things up like a regular episode of the fifth best movie podcast. Uh, so we are going to finish by uh, doing. Uh, uh, John's going to quiz me on what movies are coming out this upcoming weekend, and then we'll give our predictions for uh, for the weekend's top five. Yeah, I've got them in front of me. What do you think the upcoming movies are? All right. Um, give me. There's three. Three movies. Give me genres. One of them is a uh, action drama. An action drama. Is it connected to a franchise? No, it is not. It is a one-off story, a true story, using the actors who lived it. Oh, uh, that's the the twelve fifteen to. Paris? That's in fifteen seventeen to Paris. Okay, all right. <laughs> nice. I, I think I was getting it confused with the. Uh, oh, twelve ten to uh, Yuma. Uh, uh, seven ten. Seven to ten Yuma. Yuma I, yeah, I, yeah. Seven ten to Yuma. Okay, the next one is a romance, and it is in a series. 
Is that Fifty Shades Free? That is correct. Nice. Of course. Is that Valentine's Weekend? Yeah, or pre pre Valentine's Weekend? Correct. Weekend. Yeah, they just this up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, the next one is a children's movie animation. It's live action. Live action children's movie. Yep. We I I think that we first saw this trailer last movie that we watched. In front of the post. Good point. Two weeks ago, then, because I I remember specifically watching this with you. Let me see here. I've gone insane, but I I remember watching this trailer in a theater. Okay, is this part of a series? No, it is a character though who exists. Oh, is it Peter Rabbit? That is correct. Ooh, Do you remember good. watching that trailer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember what we saw it in front of. Yeah, weird. Pitch Perfect. Maybe. It was with Joey, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, he might remember. Star Wars and Pitch Perfect were the only two we've seen. It might have been in front of Star Wars. Who knows? Okay, yeah. Peter Rabbit. All right. Those those are are the three movies that are coming out. Yeah, and they're going up against one through five. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, number one. Maze Runner, number two. uh, Maze Runner, Death Cure, number two. Winchester, number three. Greatest Showman, number four. And The Post, number five. Awesome. So let's do our predictions for the next week. Aaron, what are your uh, predictions looking like? All right. So I know I got some ground to make up, but here are my top five. Uh, Number one is going to be Fifty Shades Freed. Number two, Jumanji. Number three, 1517 to Paris. Number four, Maze Runner. And number five, The Greatest Showman. You think The Greatest Showman is really going to sit in the top five still? I do. Holy cow. It's only... Uh, I don't need that term. It's only competitor right now with tenure, I guess, in the top five is Jumanji with seven weeks. Okay. I'm putting Fifty Shades Freed at number one as well. I'm putting Peter Rabbit at number two because I don't think there's been a kid's movie in too long. Paddington 2, I guess. But it's still not a major one. Yeah. But see, I Maze I don't want to get though. burned like I did with Paddington 2. I kept trying to make Paddington 2 happen. Uh, <laughs> and I don't think I I don't know if Peter Rabbit's going to be as good of a movie as pa- uh, Paddington 2. I put Jumanji at number 3, 15, 17 to Paris at number 4 and Maze Runner at number 5. Um, you and I actually have Jumanji, 15, 17 to Paris and Maze Runner all consecutive. Uh, you have them at two, three, four. I have them at three, four, five. In there. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then you put Greatest Showman and I put Peter Rabbit. We'll see how this goes. So I think that's the end of our podcast. you have anything you want to say before we uh, sign off? No, just uh, this is probably going to turn out as a longer one. So thanks for sticking with it. Yeah. Excellent. Hope you enjoyed this, uh, this whole award show format. Uh, this is just this week. We'll... Uh, do it again next year and next week we'll be back to watching movies boom excellent thanks for tuning in everyone i'm john i'm aaron this was the fifth best movie podcast sure was